Did you hear that? Was it the horror comedy podcast with Jake and Haley? Oh my god, it was. This podcast is for inhalation use only. And that means it's not for kids. Hi, Francis, and welcome back to the horror comedy podcast where we get high and I try to scare you. <laughs> and at the end, we also tell scary stories. How are you, buddy? Good. Doing great. Good. This yeah. is great. I'm happy to have you back. This is Frances. She's a talented hairstylist, amazing friend, powerful woman, oh my God. cat mom. Yes. You can plug your Insta, whatever you want to do. <laughs> you can burp. Show everybody how amazing you are. <laughs> I'll save the burping. Okay. So don't All worry. right. Friend of the pod, fam of the pod even, famously afraid of heights. Mm-hmm. Welcome back, Frances. We're so happy you're here. Last time... I had you on the podcast. I was hella behind and dead inside, and I told you I didn't get to give you like the proper podcast treatment. Mm-hmm. So today, you texted me like a week ago and said you wanted to do aliens, and I For was sure. like, "We're gonna do aliens." Um, and I did it right this time, so I'm really excited. Um, I'm a professional, so I went about my thing, put on 90 Day Fiance, <laughs> read an alien book, and just nerded out. He read a whole alien book. It's really good. It's called A Thrilling Collection of UFOs and Aliens, True Stories, UFO Encounters, and UFO Abductions. Believable or not. Wait, that's that's the title of the book? Yes. It's by Seth You'll have to Balfour. send it to me. <laughs> it's a little lengthy. It's a long title. <laughs> it is. Um, I read it on Scribed. You guys should absolutely check it out. It's just like an online library, but it's got like all the shit on it. And I read all my weird shit there. If you listen to the podcast, you know, I'm always talking about like, oh, I read this book. I read this book. And that's where I get all my weird ass books from. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now we know. Now you know. So you asked for UFOs. So here we fucking are. Have you ever seen a UFO? No, I don't feel like I get to see anything cool like that. That's lame. I know. We got to get you. Yeah. We got to get you an alien. I need an alien. <laughs> you need an alien. <laughs> I seen a UFO on the east side of Pueblo two times. I have a video of one of it. I posted it on my Instagram fucking in January. Oh, like I think I remember ago. that. I don't know where the hell I put my phone. I could pull it up on my computer, though. But um, that was the second time in January of this year that I saw something and it was just like three lights floating in a line Mm. which is what i saw the first time like 2017 i think um it was like three lights floating in a line and then it moved into like a triangle shape and it had all these lights oh my god like flashing in the triangle and then it fucking like turned into a plane and it flew away really fucking fast like in l motion um, and we're assholes because we seen the three lights, like, in the line on the horizon. Like, how I filmed it in the video, that's, honestly, that's exactly what it looked like. But we drove towards it because we're assholes and we wanted to know what it was. I'd be like, let's go. It's probably aliens. It was. I go. think it was. And the crazy <clears throat> thing, too, is that both of our phones fucked up. Um. Really? Yeah. My fucking phone. Did I do it? Oh. There we go. This is the one from January. So oh my God. I really don't know. I have no fucking idea. The airport is out there. So maybe it's like military stuff that we don't know about. I don't know. I really. Um, 
when I was doing this research, I fucking found what's called the Jacques Vallée Alien Classes Alien Cases Classification System. That's a goddamn mouthful. <laughs> so Jacques Vallée was a computer scientist. He was a UFOologist. He was an author. And he created this classification classification system for UFO sightings. Oh, wow. Right. So basically it has fucking um, four categories. A-N, F-B, M-A, and C-E. And in each category, there's a numeric scale of like one to five, which is like the severity. So one is like you saw the thing. Five is like it killed you. Um, Personally, I feel like the actual categories get weirder as it goes on just in itself. So like AN is an anomaly, which is just seeing something. That's weird enough. But FB is a flyby. And um, that's just when it goes past you. Fucking MA is maneuvers, which is when you see it, I guess, doing something crazy. Oh, my God. And the last one is CE, which stands for close encounter. <gasps> CE1. all these aliens, but like... Freaks <sighs> me out. Freaks me out. I don't just like it. Just a little bit. Freaks me out a little bit. Just Absolutely. Because what... You have no control. Like, there's nothing you can do to make it better no. if that happens to you. If an alien decides, like, yep, that's the one. <laughs> You're like a lobster in a crane machine. Like, what are you going to do? That was a real thing at Banco's restaurant back home in Pennsylvania. They had a lobster crane machine. <laughs> that's you. And the claw machine is the alien. <laughs> so oh my God. CE1 is a sighting that happened within 500 feet. CE2 is a close encounter with physical okay. evidence. CE3 are close encounters wherein beings are observed. CE4 are cases that involve abductions. CE5 are close encounter cases that involve injuries or deaths. Are you saying alien deaths? Alien deaths. Human deaths by alien? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what they mean. I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. No abduction. Oh, fuck. I said no abduction. <laughs> November 5th, 1975, at the Apache Sitgreaves National Forest in Arizona. It was a normal day for Travis Walton and the six other lumberjacks that had been hired to thin trees, which is like some complicated process that I don't understand, but they do it so that the trees don't all die. So that's cool. Oh, like if it overgrows in the area, maybe? Like I if you're imagine. a section? Probably something like that, yeah. So And they cut it down and they, like, split it and, like, probably take it somewhere. But yeah. um, it said loggers, but I'm saying lumberjacks. Is there any other alternative? Definitely not. No. Definitely not. They were good lumberjacks using their power for good. They probably all looked like the brawny paper towel man. Oh I think they're great. The boss man was named, oh, the boss man was working with the crew, like, actually, on the ground, you know, yeah. which is rad. His name's Mike. He was the oldest of the bunch at a whopping 28, so they're all, like, young baby lumberjacks. Oh, my God. Little babies. Mike had been at this for a while. He's been in the field <laughs> for nine years. He was Oops. experienced, and he had fallen out of the pitfall tree once or twice and been hit by all the branches on the way down, so he knew what he was doing. Oh, that's... Metaphor. I right before, but, oh. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> um, but he knew what he was doing and he knew how to negotiate a contract. This contract they had now was the most profitable project they had ever worked on. Mm. Very motivating. Yeah. Money. <laughs> That'll do it. That'll do it. Seems like he was good at his job. Mike, the boss man, had walked down the trail to restack some shitty wood piles, and he was probably pissed that they weren't stacked right in the first place. Yeah. Travis, Alan, and John ran saws, while Dwayne, Kenny, and Steve piled lumber. These are great names. Love it. So good. Most of the men had been at this work for years, but Dwayne was pretty new. And he was way too excited. Like, annoying. Oh. He was, like, all over the place and kind of in the way. Steve, uh, Travis had to constantly move his equipment so that he didn't squash the man with the tree. So basically, Dwayne was like a Labrador retriever puppy. <laughs> he had a good work ethic. Steve did not. He was, uh, you know, Mike walked away, so the boss was gone, and Steve decided it was a great time to just like chill, just sit, hang out, do nothing. Dwayne was on Steve's fucking nerves because Dwayne kept fucking up, and Steve kept getting blamed for it. So the air was a little tense. Mm. Mike came back and the men got back to work and they worked hard until the sun began to set. In the thick forest, in the middle of the mountains, the sun is the only light and warmth. So it got really dark really quick. Travis was starting to get cold. His nose was turning red and getting all sniffly and shit. He worked faster to try to outrun the cold. It wasn't too long before the day was done he could rest easy. So he kept reminding himself and just working hard. Yeah. Get it over with. His watch said 6 p.m. Just in time, the stop work signal sounded. The loud sawing sound stopped and the dark wrapped them up in silence. The men loaded their gear into their 65 International, which is like the cutest little truck in the story. It's like already a 10-year-old car. So it was kind of a piece of junk. Yeah. <laughs> um, and everybody piled into the truck. Its suspension groaned a little bit in response. Dwayne sat in the back, along with John and Steve. Alan, Travis, and Kenny sat in the front. And Mike drove. The seating was arranged because the men in the front did not smoke cigarettes, and the guys in the back did. <laughs> and they yeah. didn't want that shit blown in their faces. Smart. Love it. That I love these sense. guys already. <laughs> yeah. I understand. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, makes way more sense. There was a bit of a drive ahead of them. They shoved off at 6.10. Without any vehicle problems, it would take them like an hour and 20 minutes to get home. Oh, dang. Right. So they should be home by 7.30. Travis just kept repeating that time in his head. Like, he's like, it's just that long till I get to chill, you know? Yeah. I love that feeling. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, 10 minutes, 5 minutes. Yes. I'm out of here. There. I'm almost done. <laughs> almost done. It's beer clock at 7.30. So he's like looking forward to it. They left or they drove with the windows open and just enjoyed the beautiful, crisp mountain air. Mm -hmm. The guys in the back chain smoked their faces off, even though they busted their ass all day and they might have butted heads a little bit. They all got along and none of them were tired. Probably the, you know, power of fresh air and hard work. Yeah. The adrenaline of chopping down trees. Huge trees and shit. Yeah. yeah. I imagine. <laughs> Definitely. The men cruised up. over the bumpy road. They laughed about the shitty truck and kind of roasted it, you know. Oh, like, right? don't. 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 Foreshadowing. Don't, don't do that. They were making fun of the weird sounds it makes. Travis laughed at one of the jokes Dwayne made and then he started on his own. He said, this old piece of shit truck is so bad that it 
It what? Mike asked, eager to hear the punchline. Did you see that? Travis asked. He sounded really fucking serious. About a hundred yards away, just through the shade of the trees, Travis could see a light. But it wasn't just a light. It seemed too big, and he was like, oh, it's the fucking sun, duh. And Mike was like, the sun went down 30 minutes ago, Trav. And one of the guys was like, oh, it's probably just like some hunters and like they're having a fire. Someone was like, oh, it could just be a fire, you know. And then they all got quiet. As they continued up the road towards the light, they could get just brief glimpses through the trees. What the fuck, Alan said? What is that? They searched their minds to try to make sense of what they were seeing. It was a yellowish, brilliant light. It reached about 40 yards around it. The light shined through the trees and across the road. Travis had to know what it was. Mike kept his eyes on the road. What do you see? He was starting to get irritated because nobody was filling him in. Yeah. Dwayne stumbled. He said, I, I, I don't know. It could be like a plane crashed in a tree. Mike was starting to get a little excited about it now, too, at this point. So he started to kind of speed up. He encouraged the truck to use what little torque it had to make it up the hill. They zoomed past the trees that were obstructing their view, and they came to a clearing where they could see the source of the disturbing light. Stop the truck, John screamed. The truck screeched to a halt in the road, and Travis threw the door open and spilled out. The rest of the men stared in the tr- stayed in the truck and stared with wide eyes. It was the most amazing thing that they had ever seen. It's a flying saucer, Alan yelled. The men were captivated. Mike turned the truck off, left the keys in the ignition, and everyone leaned out of the truck to get a better view. It was a golden disc hovering silently 20 feet above the forest floor. Nobody could look away. They were riveted and impaled and transfixed. It was one quiet moment, but it felt like an eternity to the group. Travis was awestruck and afraid. He could almost hear his heart pounding. It was a large, metallic saucer. It was sharp, mechanical, and precise looking. And in the woods, where everything is organic and rustic, it was a crazy contrast. And it was glowing gold. It was lit up with, like, almost a spotlight, and so was everything that was near it. The forest was bright with strange, unnatural hues. It was 15 or 20 feet in diameter, 8 or 10 feet thick. It was flat. Travis described it looking like two pie pans placed lip to lip, and there was a small, upside-down, bowl-shaped addition on the top, which they could just barely see over because it was, like, lurking over them, and it was fucking huge. Oh, my God. That's terrifying. Right? (laughs) Oh, my God. They could see a dull silver, darker sheen that divided the glowing areas of the craft into sections that almost looked like panels. The way the dim yellow light came off the surface, it reminded Travis of hot metal that was fresh out of a furnace. He looked for an antenna or a door or just anything that he would recognize from a human ship, but he couldn't see anything like that. And it was completely silent. Travis turned to look at the truck. Everyone had their jaw wide open. They were afraid. They were awestruck. He turned back to the craft. He felt possessed with an urge to get closer. 
Mm, he don't had do it. Don't it's a trap. <laughs> no. No trap. No. He had to see. If it flew away and he missed his chance to check it out, he knew it would never see anything like this again. He walked towards the ship. This is the part in the horror movie where you're like, stop. Yeah, you're like <laughs> yelling at the TV. Yes. And you're like, no. Stop talking to me. Oh, my God. Travis. You wild. Wild. And that's what everyone in the truck was saying. They were like, what are you fucking doing? And they're trying to be quiet because they don't know if there's somebody in there. So they're Ooh, like, they're like, no. what are you doing? Come back to the car, you know? Yeah, like you whisper. Mm-hmm. So Travis already knew that he wouldn't be able to stop himself. He had to check it out. So quickly, quietly, he stalked and crept over saplings, picking through trees as they called his name. He froze for one second and looked back at them. They were staring with a look full of like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah, like how a normal person would react. Yeah, anybody to- who isn't Travis. <laughs> I feel like he like was possessed from this thing. Like, Maybe he was. Him. Like the glow or something like yeah. melted his brain. Yeah. They're like, come, Travis. Come to me. Like, you know, like you see yes. creepy movies. Exactly. Ooh. Travis no. searched his mind, panicking. He was like, what do I do? Am I being dumb? Is there someone in there? What do I do if there's somebody in there? I can always run away, he thought. Mm-hmm. He was pacified by that, and he was committed. That was the fucking plan. He said nothing to the truck full of scared friends. He turned around and brazenly continued. Half crouched, cautious, moving slow, he approached until he was about six feet from being directly under the craft. He was engulfed in the yellow light. He felt curious and in awe. The craft was unbelievably smooth. There was no blemish on the surface. He was close enough now to hear a sound coming from the ship. It was like a blend of sounds, though. There was like high and low pitched mechanical sounds and it was all blending together like rumblings and beepings. It was so strange that it was impossible for him to compare the sounds to anything he's ever heard before on Earth. Because it's not. Because it's not. It's not, Travis. It's not. Oh my God, I'm freaking. Mike Mm. broke the silence. Gross. Oh, no. Mike broke the silence. He yelled, Travis, get away from there. Travis looked back angrily at the pickup and then looked back at the ship. Suddenly, all at once, Mm, the air around Travis seemed to grow in volume and somehow swell with a vibration so intense it felt like electricity. It was coming from the craft. Travis was startled and he started to jump back. The saucer began to wobble. Quicker and quicker and quicker, as if it was spinning like an unbalanced top. It didn't rotate, and it didn't move its position in the air. It just began to wobble. Travis ducked, but it was too late. The men in the truck witnessed a blue-green, luminously bright ray of light shoot out of the bottom of the saucer and hit Travis directly in the head and the chest. He, uh, Travis himself saw and heard nothing, but he felt it. It was numbing and high voltage. He said he felt like he had been struck by lightning. His ears began to pop and crackle. He felt like he was floating away. After that instant, the paralyzing light, he couldn't feel anything. He couldn't hear or see either. But the men in the truck saw Travis's body lift off the ground, arch backwards with his legs and arms outstretched, and then 
fucking get thrown through the air backwards at least 10 feet. He landed limp and didn't move. He was just spread out on the ground. It got him. Let's get out of here. Let's get this son of a bitch moving. Nobody had to tell Mike, though. The ignition had already been switched on. The engine growled, and Mike fucking floored it. Mm. Is it following us? Is it after us? Mike screamed for somebody to give him a clue as he tried to get them out of there, but nobody answered. He glanced at the faces of the men. They were pale, afraid, and they were in complete and total horror. Six lumberjacks shaken in their lumber boots. Oh my God. Mike himself was more afraid that the craft would follow them. He straight stuck his head out the window to see if it was behind them. Mm. He was getting hit in the face with branches and shit. He was driving crazy as hell. And he could still see the faint yellow flickering glow in the blackness behind them. So he smushed the gas pedal. He was driving up to like 35 miles per hour, which on like those mountain dirt roads, Mm -hmm. so dangerous. He was smashing his own mirrors off of the sides of his car. The truck, the truck hopped and jumped and the natural ramps of the road made it smash down harshly and make terrible, awful sounds because it was already a piece of shit. Mike had a break in the adrenaline enough to realize that if he destroyed his truck, they would really be in trouble. So he regained control. He started to slow down and just focused on the road ahead of him until he couldn't see the light behind them anymore. Finally, he broke the silence in the cab. It doesn't look like it's after us. The relief was enough to crack the men, and they all started freaking the fuck out. Mike pulled over once they got to the highway, and they started to argue about Travis, what happened to him, what they should do next, if they should go back to get him. Oh, they left him, huh? They totally left him. Oh, my God. Friendship breaker. Big yeah. time. like uh, I thought they grabbed him. No, they fucking ditched him. Dude. <laughs> right? One of them said that they thought he had been vaporized, and one of them was like, no, I seen him like on the ground. like He was there. So Why didn't you grab him? Right? You knew he was there. You are just going to leave him? like, uh, Or you could have stayed at if least. If you get shot 10 feet in the air. I will come get you. I'll grab my gun. I'll come get your ass. I'll go get you. (laughs) I'll shoot an alien. I will drag you back. Yes. (laughs) Even if you're unconscious, I'll grab you like by your legs. Yes. Ditto. (laughs) I swear. This is my vow to you. I I don't care. That's how I have to do it. I'm going to do it. (laughs) We're going to do it. I'm not leaving you in the woods with a flying saucer. Finally, um, they decided that they needed to go back and get Travis. Mike said, if you're too scared to go back, you can fucking start a fire and hang out right here and have a little camp and we'll come get you. Mike got in the truck and he said, we're going the fuck back. We've been acting like a bunch of pansies. We're all scared, no doubt, but we got to do what we should have done in the first place. Mm -hmm. All the men were ashamed of themselves. Good. Embarrassed. Good. And nobody objected to going back to get Travis. Good. They were half too afraid to stay behind alone and they were half ashamed of themselves. (laughs) Yeah, I get that. Yeah, <laughs> so they went back and there was nothing there. What? We're just going to have to get out and look around, said Mike, because we're not seeing anything by headlight. Everyone got out and they stayed together. And they had flashlights and they called for Travis. But the woods were dead silent. Mm, Travis. There was no sign that, they even, that that event had even ha- happened. <laughs> the ground was not disturbed. There was no signs of a struggle, no burns, no impressions, and no Travis. 
The longer they looked, the more emotional and afraid Mike felt. He was drowning in guilt. He was feeling the pressure of being a leader, and he was feeling terrible for leaving Travis behind, and he was struggling to keep his emotions controlled. Finally, he said, okay, you guys, we're not going to do any good here. We have to get help. So they got back in their truck, and they went to town, and they called the police. Travis began to return to consciousness, and with it, he felt agonizing pain. Oh, my God, Travis. Damn. He gritted his teeth, and he realized he was aching excruciatingly, and he almost passed out again. He felt like he was burned. Travis. Travis. Inside and out. He was laying on his back. He felt melted. He felt weak as water. If he tried to move, he was afraid he was going to pass out again. He could taste a bitter metallic taste. He was starving and he was so thirsty. His muscles felt weak. He trembled. There was something very wrong. He opened his eyes and saw a blackness until he could finally focus. He could make out a source of light above him. He realized... It was a low-hanging, rectangular light. He could make out a metal ceiling, and he realized that he was laying on a table. What the fuck is wrong with my eyes? He started to think to himself and kind of panic. The shapes and the architecture of the ceiling made no logical sense to him. It was like some kind of constriction he had never seen before that he couldn't understand like how it was working. Mm. It was almost like an optical illusion. He thought, this is fucking weird. What hurt me? It started to rush back, the memory of the craft in the woods. He thought, where am I? Oh, fuck, maybe I'm at the hospital. But it's really hot and, like, humid, and I'm not in hospital clothes, so I don't... Nothing made sense to him in that moment, though. He began to feel pressure on his chest. It was something smooth and cool. He looked down and realized that his shirt and jacket were pushed up to his armpits, And there was a strange medical device. It curved across his body and went from his armpit to his belt. It was four to five inches inches thick. It was shiny and dark gray. Past the edge of the device, there were blurry figures wearing caps and white masks. Orange-colored surgical gowns, but he couldn't make out their faces. When his eyes finally focused, he realized what he was looking at and he instantly wished he couldn't see again because it was a horrifying creature it was luminous it had large brown eyes the iris was twice the size of what a human's would be and they were huge and there was three of them fight or flight fight or flight and he decided to fight so he started to swing he was so weak he couldn't punch so he was just literally throwing his arms and he knocked one over which knocked the other one over and um he just started to he when he hit it it felt soft like it was like he punched a marshmallow oh my god um it was like spongy and it fell back really easily so he hopped to his feet after knocking the thing over and he fucking like tore the thing off of him you know and he realized it was like a like a really bright neon light emitting from the bottom that was like on his skin oh So he fell backwards against the wall by a bench that was filled with all these utensils, but nothing that he recognized. So he stared at the entities, his body hurt, and he felt fatigued, like he could barely stand on his own legs, but adrenaline was surging his body because the trio of things started towards him. They reached out their hands. He felt like a cornered animal. 
He grabbed a tool from the bench to fight them off. It was some kind of clear tube that was like 18 inches long. It was really, really light. It was too light to bludgeon a big-eyed alien with, so he tried Mm -hmm. to smash it to make a shiv, but he couldn't break it. Travis decided it was do or die, so he started to just scream whatever came to his mind, just screaming psycho shit, acting crazy. And he was threatening them, and he was holding this thing like a knife. The things were like five feet tall, a little shorter. Two legs, two arms, hands with five fingers. But that was the end of their similarities to us. They had marshmallowy-looking white flesh and single-piece coverall suits. They looked almost like suede, but there was no grain to the cloth. No seams, no buttons, no zippers, no snaps. It was orangish-brown, and they were pinkish-tan footwear, and they had teeny tiny feet. Ew. They had no fingernails. Ew. And no wrinkles. And their heads were fucking huge. Mm. But with a very small jaw and thin, narrow, thin-lipped, ma- narrow mouths. They had small, rounded noses with oval nostrils. So it's kind of a tongue twister. Travis was screaming some nasty shit at them and acting crazy, but they never said a word to him. Mm. They actually never made any sound. Mm-mm. The three beings abruptly turned around and scurried out of the room down a hallway. Travis was full of adrenaline, and now he was alone. He sinked down against the wall and tried to catch his breath, but he knew he had to get out of there before they came back. He looked at the hallway they went down. It was curved. The ceiling somehow gave off a dim light, and he couldn't see anything or anyone else out. There was nobody in the hall. Could that be the way out? Like a scared rat, he began to frantically run. He was limping and grimacing in pain. He just ran as fast as he could past these open doorways down the hall, which curved tightly to the right. He realized that he was actually running in a circle. And he was like, get it together, Travis. You're acting foolish. You Mm. need to get out of here. Ten feet down the hall, there was a doorway on the right. He slowed down and walked towards it. Maybe this was the way out, he thought. The three beings came back, and they shoved a mask onto his face, which knocked him out again. When he woke up, he was laying on his stomach on the pavement. The cold air and the cold concrete jolted him awake. He was in shock, and he started to stir. He crawled to his back and started inching away just in time to see the bottom of the curved craft and some sort of light shutting off. He only saw it for a second, so he didn't know what it was, but he was positive that the craft was there. It extended, it hung off the side of the road because it was too large to fit on the highway. It lingered silently and then shot instantly straight up into the sky. The breeze it kicked up rustled the atmosphere around him, and then it was gone. It made no noise in its departure. Travis scrambled to his feet. His legs felt like shit. He swayed and he shook, and he knew what road he was on. He ran wildly down the highway, across the bridge, into town where he knew he would find a service station. When he got there, he banged on the door like a crazy person, mm-hmm. but there was nobody there. And no cars passed him this whole time. He continued to run down the road to where he could find the Exxon station, and more importantly, a payphone. Mm. He called his sister, and her husband Grant answered. It was 12 a.m. He was like, Travis was just like saying crazy shit. 
Like he was like, they brought me back. I, I they had suits. Like he was just saying crazy shit. Mm-hmm. He was like, I'm out here in Heber. Please send someone to get me. And once Grant realized it wasn't a prank call, he was like, all right, I'll be right there. They picked up his cousin. Uh, sorry, Grant picked up his cousin and they went to go get Travis. When they got there, Travis was a sobbing mess and he was trying to tell them what happened. You know, everybody's been worried sick about you, Travis. Travis replied shaky, if it's after midnight, I was out for a few hours. I only remember like one or two hours in that thing. Travis, feel your face. It felt like he had been out for a week. Travis, his cousin said gently, you've been missing for five days. Oh, fuck. <gasps> no, what were they doing? What were they doing? Uh, And that is the story of Travis Walton's CE4 close encounter involving an abduction. No, Travis. Ah, I got chills. (laughs) I do too. (laughs) Oh my God. Just the thought of that, like, even five days. And you're like, I was only away for an hour. I thought I was gone for two hours. It was like six something when it started. So he thought he was gone for like six hours tops. Oh my God. Five fucking days and six hours. That's crazy. I thought like maybe a day, like it was the next night or something. Right. No, five days. So he could have woke up. Maybe he just got there when he first woke up because he was still wearing his clothes. I don't know. I don't know because I guess he was wearing his clothes when he woke up, when he came back, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, for five days. When Travis... um. You know, when they went back and they didn't find him, they did call the cops who came and did a search party. Um, They thought the guys were on drugs, so they, like, made them all do polygraph tests. But they weren't lying, according to that, which, like, it is what it is. I don't know. It's not. Those are easy to. Yeah. If you believe it's true, it shows up as true. Like, if you believe that that's the truth. Right. That's how they work. Yeah. They don't actually, because they test, like, whether or not your you're, heart like, sweaty. Races. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, like, if you're telling the truth about something and you're passionate about it, your heart's going to race. Or if you're nervous. Or if you're nervous. I've heard of people they're failing so, them because they're scared. Yeah. I would fucking so fail ways. one. If you were, like, what's your name? I would say my name and I would fail it because I would be scared. I'd be, like, there's cops here. I don't like this. <laughs> it's scary. Yeah. It's scary as fuck. Mm-hmm. So, um... Yeah, but according to the polygraphs, they weren't lying. Um, they did do like a full search and they really didn't find him. It really seems like he just vanished vanished and showed up five days later. So I don't know. I got that story firsthand from Travis Walton. He has a website called Travis-Walton.com. Oh my God. It's amazing. He also has a book called Fire in the Sky. I didn't get to read the book because... I just read the condensed version that he typed up, but um, that's wild. Crazy. Are you scared? A little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry I did you like that. Travis. Travis. So basically, if I ever see something scary, I'm not going to go towards it. No. Moral of the story, turn around. Don't stop. Even when you think you should see something yeah sometimes saying is not believing yeah so get yeah, out of there absolutely you don't need to see it you know and it scares get me out of here. because like i think about like what if i like i just could see myself doing being a travis oh, no. i could see I myself never. being like i just want to say what it is 
No, because like the minute I see what it is, and I you're gonna be like, no, bitch, is, get in the car. I will club you. <laughs> get back in the car. I told you, I'm dragging you away. <laughs> like, no. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No. <laughs> Do that. No. I'm like, I'm not losing my best friend. Gabe. Not today, bitch. <laughs> not today. Goodbye. Also, like five days. Also, who's to say, like, if he didn't fight, like, fight them more than off. once? Like, who's to say? Oh yeah, that's true. Back. That's in true. The first place. Like, maybe that- like this guy's <gasps> annoying. He won't stop. Oh my god. Get rid of him, and we'll find someone else. Maybe- Total plot twist, though. That that would be the end of his experience. If when he woke up at the end and started fighting them, that was like the fifth day. Yeah. And like. That's what I'm imagining. Oh happened. my God. You're so fucking Steven Spielberg right now. And then right they now. just like let him go because he was being annoying. Yeah. They were like, well, we've already got everything we need. Yeah. Honestly. You were out for five days. We have all the data we need. He Goodbye. didn't feel his face when that whole shit was going on. So we don't know. Like he could have had a beard. That yeah. would mean that that was. Oh man. I don't like that one bit. I don't like it either. <sighs> okay. <laughs> scared myself <laughs> um so customary to the show we close off with a few short scary stories that i go on 4chan and i find and they're from the paranormal board by anonymous users um and i'm gonna read them to you i'm sorry don't be sorry i love this <laughs> good, good 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 i signed up for this yay <laughs> um this user says i was living in house with some other dudes Basically, in the middle of nowhere, we're outside of this city, it's just trees, and it's a particularly harsh winter. This night, we have a nice break from the snow, but the power goes out, so I'm already a little spooked. Of course. I always get scared when the power goes out, even though I know it's like probably just something outside. Don't you feel like everybody in every horror movie where you've seen the power goes out is like, it's probably just something outside. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, That's it's why. Fine. It's fine. When the power goes out, I'd be sitting there with the fucking... Jake has this, like, ridiculous 19th century gun. I'll just be like... <laughs> <laughs> mustard on my shirt, I like Karen. <laughs> Inside the house, though. I'm only going to shoot ghosts or whatever. Murderers. You know, I don't know. Um, who deserve it? Whatever. Probably no one. (laughs) I look outside my enclosed porch to see if I'm the only one. The whole area is out. I forgot to mention that I'm a bit of a photographer, which comes into play later. There's nothing to do around here, so I think to myself, I have never seen such a mass power outage like this before. This might be a really cool time to do a little bit of photography. I step out the door, and I felt a little more anxious than usual, but I was like, calm down. Don't let this get the best of you. I continue on and I take some cool photographs out of car light trails. I also make a light penis. <laughs> I respect it. <laughs> I can't shake the feeling that something has been following me. I'm getting really nervous. It's too windy to listen around me. So I'm like, let's call it a night and just go back to the house. Just one more picture, though. I'm feeling really on edge and like almost panicky. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I never let myself get like this. I really feel like I'm not the only one out here. I'm inside at this point, taking off my boots and my snow gear next to the door, and all of a sudden, something slams into the door. I shit myself right there, and I lock the door, and I get back to my room. I lock myself in there, and I calm down, and eventually I fall asleep. 
The next day I go through my pics and I'm like, <laughs> penis. Late penis. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and I get to the picture of my house. Holy fuck, this picture is creepy as hell. I can't believe my house looks like such a nightmare, but that shadow doesn't look right. And I look closer and I get goosebumps even just writing this. So I'm sorry for the length, but what the fuck is that? It looks like there's a guy wearing a pig mask. No! Staring right the fuck at me. No! I lose it. Ever since then, I've been hearing banging around my house like a couple of times a week at night. Whatever the fuck that thing is, it wants in. No. I'm losing sleep over this. Picture related. It's the picture that I took. Do you want to see it? <laughs> I'm scared. Yeah. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> no. 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 It's Get out of there. Actually, a guy in a pig mask staring oh. straight at him. It actually really is. <laughs> no. No. I don't know what to say. Your house also looks like the Amityville Horror House. I think it looks kind of cute, but like, yeah, for sure. Um, It's very scary. So Maybe it's because the snow is on it. And I'm like, oh, how cute snow. But like, yeah, no, that shit's. It's like in front of. Ugh. I hate no, it so much. That's gross. I hate it so much. I don't like that. I don't like it at all. I don't like masks. And then like you put a realistic pig mask on. Mm. Mm-mm, fight or flight. I'm out of there. I'm about to fight you right now. <laughs> <laughs> One time um, I went to Dorney Park with like my friend that I got hit by a truck with. Mm-hmm. And there, it was Halloween. So there was like this um, like haunted house that was it was themed like a what you call it like a camp Mm. so like you get on a school bus it takes you to the hell maze or whatever and you fuck off and you get back on the school bus and it takes you back and on the way at the end there's like a bunch of meat hanging Mm -mm. and like you have to run and there's like a guy in a pig mask and lexi got so scared she looked at him and he was like oink 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 and he had a chainsaw and she was like oink oink back motherfucker (laughs) like she was really about to fight this man I was like, bitch, he's an actor. Stop. <laughs> That's going to be me, though. Yes. Like, I punched. Ooh, I'll kill you. I almost punched one of the persons yes. that, like, popped up out in front of me. And, like, the person I was with had to grab my wrists. Like, don't jump out at me. Don't I know this is me. your job, but, like, don't. You could at least be a little more, like, <laughs> like I'm going to jump out. now. Nah. <laughs> That would still scare me. I'm scared. Don't say that. <laughs> or like, I'm going to get, like, like <laughs> prepare me, okay? Have some scare. Actually, I don't know. There's nothing. I oh. guess there's nothing that would make me, like, every time I've ever gone to a haunted house, I'm like, that was fucked. Um, this anonymous user says, I tried, uh, it's a little, I took it on my phone and now I'm trying to read it. Okay, here we go. I tried DMT once. I took one rip from a bong. I leaned back in my friend's lawn chair and I fell out of this world. I had a vision that every time I moved my arms or legs, it caused an earthquake or a wave somewhere else. I almost panicked, but I remained in control. Once I fell, I returned to my body. I told my friends about my experience and they thought it was a cool story. I hung out for a little bit and then I went home and I stopped for tacos. At the taco place, I met a woman. She wasn't like out of this world looking but her smile i felt high all over again when i saw it i talked to her and i gave her my number 
and we started to talk almost every day for the next few weeks constantly. One day she came over to my house to hang out and she pretty much never left. I was in love with her right away. Six months in, she got pregnant and I proposed to her. I know it wasn't a lot of time, but I was so certain that I would be with her forever and the second I heard my son's heartbeat on the ultrasound, I knew we were supposed to be together, all three of us. Can't relate. Right? <laughs> Sorry. I would be like, no, bitch, I don't want to get married. I want to lay this egg and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> she, <laughs> I'm an asshole. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna, I was going to say something really bad. <laughs> I said, at least you laid the egg. <laughs> On the way home from the ultrasound appointment, she asked me what she, what we should name him. I tried to answer, but I could only cough. I could barely hold the wheel straight because of how hard I was coughing. I couldn't stop, so I pulled over and she tried to comfort me. She kept calling my name. I closed my eyes for a moment. I couldn't hear her anymore. I heard a different voice calling my name instead. I opened my eyes, and I was still sitting in my friend's lawn chair. They were all freaking out. They almost called an ambulance for me. Apparently, I took a rip and was almost catatonic for 30 minutes. The worst part is, I can still remember little things about her. She feels so close to me, but I know that she isn't. And I can't remember her name. Oh my god! I've heard of people like experiencing stuff like that while they're on drugs and it's like they spend like 15 years with this person and it's only been an hour and like your brain is like functioning as if it's this real life and you feel like oh that would trip me out doesn't it make you feel like like scratching out my skin yeah Yeah, (laughs) I don't want to do drugs you Ryan (laughs) no that's so scary um somebody asked him in a comment was this real and he said as real as any trip i've ever had i remember any i remember it like i remember any six month time uh basically i don't know it it doesn't seem like he was just making it up he talks about like her allergies that she had and like where she worked and what kind of car she drove and stuff so i don't know um he probably really experienced that sensation can't can't fucking that's so like we did this one episode about this lady who woke up in like a different timeline and it makes me think that like maybe things are much closer than we think like different timelines and that's why like the fruit of the loom thing did you hear about that (gasps) so like the fruit like it's a mandala effect situation but do you when you think of the fruit of the loom like what's the word logo like from back in the day does it have a cornucopia on the uh it's the fruits i don't remember does it i think it does but fruit of the loom came out and said that it never did but people are like posting pictures of their old fruit of the loom t-shirts that proves that that it did have the cornucopia why does that matter because the theory is that the mandala effect happens when you come from a timeline where this thing happened and then you wake up one day in a timeline where it didn't happen or it was different. Oh. So there's like some theories that like, like the Berenstein Bears, one of them, which I don't really get. But Berenstein Bears. Yeah. Like, do you remember the Berenstein Bears when you were a kid? Like the books? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's actually like the Berenstein Bears or something. Yeah. So that's like the thing. Everyone's like, no, it was Berenstein. I know for sure. 
blah, 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 blah. I do remember because my grandma said it weird. She said Bernstein. Yeah, it's like she was a like weird foreign. spelling of it. Yeah. I always used to say that how you said it the yeah. first time though. Yeah. I used to, I wouldn't say it wrong, like weird. No. I'd say Berenstein. 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 But yeah, my Nana was like Berenstein. So that's why I remember that it was S-T-E-I-N because that's how she's like, my great grandma's from like, not from America. So she like said it different. But um, that's why I remember it being spelled that way. But apparently it never was. And the idea is like there's different things that happen in different timelines. And sometimes you can like swoop and be in a different timeline. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. And there could be bigger things that are changed that maybe you just don't know. Yeah. But it just makes me think, man, like if you do too much drugs or if you're too open while you're doing the drugs, could you just like zippity zoop and then go back? Could you imagine? <sighs> Stresses me out. Whoa. I don't do drugs anymore <laughs> because I don't want to accidentally get a girl pregnant in a different timeline. And oh my god! Be dead, be dad. Ah! Ah! <laughs> Thanks for coming on. I appreciate yeah. you. I had so much fun. Um, if you have a scary story, listener, send it to us. THC podcast on Instagram or the horror comedy podcast at gmail.com. Um, Halloween's coming up, so. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, send us all your stories. I'm I fucking love thrilled. This I love it. I'm so excited. <laughs> I know we're talking about aliens and like, we <gasps> said the fall and like the cold, and I'm like, ooh. Sweater weather. At least it's sweater weather. As we say it, and it's like, it's actually degrees, degrees outside. outside. Yeah, but it was fall two days ago. For two days. For about. It was like four days, three days. Oh, it was very nice. It, it was, was 70 so degrees beautiful. out yesterday. Yeah. we I made them open the office door and just leave it open, and they fucking loved it. Everybody was like a slut for the nice fall weather. <laughs> There's just leaves everywhere. I was like, this is great. Yes. <laughs> the cleaner comes on Saturday. <laughs> We're assholes. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. It's really nice outside. Oh, my gosh. That sounds great. It's very nice. Don't forget to drink water. Goodbye. See you in an episode, mini episode, Saturday, Wednesday, whatever. <laughs> Didn't make Wednesday. sense. Wednesday. Wednesday. See you then. Goodbye. Don't forget to drink water. <laughs> <laughs>